0: Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O podcast.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, it was you know I have to I have to do a little bit of that, right? Because you know it's it's one of those things. Hello, everyone, and welcome. To this edition of the H2O Podcast. It is 2021. My name is still Jason Hunt.
0: And I still am Timothy Harvey. And uh,
1: Tim is dialing in from remote corners of the earth tonight.
0: Yes, unfortunately, like, uh, you know, too many of us. I have a family member who I saw over the holidays who has been diagnosed with COVID. So we are doing our best not to run the risk of potentially infecting the people i know so well i appreciate um, that (laughs) i uh at at this point i'm not overly concerned i've had my test i'm waiting on the results i'm not i'm not worried
1: i i have now been uh poked and prodded oh i don't know maybe half a dozen times in Mm -hmm. in the last few weeks because of the work that i've been doing for for nfl network stuff
0: right and it's well, and of course, things. I live down in midtown Kansas City, which is a very high population density area, Yeah. and it is, of course, the, the COVID numbers here are fairly high in this part of town, so the fact that I work from home works to my advantage, oh, sure. um, but uh, like a lot of other people, my my family and I were all thinking we were nice, safe in our little bubbles, <laughs> and we crossed the bubbles, you know, they tell you not to cross the streams, yeah. so... Um, The good news is is that it just seems to be my brother-in-law so far, and he's doing well. So no major concerns at this time.
1: Well, that's good. Now, we did get an update uh, on Maria Foss, who has been a contributor here in the past. Mm -hmm. She's been dealing with it up in uh, upstate New York. Uh, She and her husband and her child all have had it. And Maria spent some time in the hospital in an induced coma with double pneumonia. Uh, but the last update I saw was that she was improving, uh, so everything seems to be progressing uh, well there. And then, of course, Jay McDowell over at, out in California, who has uh, authored the great Gungan Seahorse Theory uh, with uh, with regard to Jar Jar Binks and Ray. Uh, he's also had to deal with it as well, but he's uh, he seems to be on the on the recovery as, good, good, uh, good as of now it. too. So Robert says, nice opening. Thank you very much. We thought we'd change it up a little bit with the new year.
0: Creep ever so closely to the 21st century. <laughs>
1: I know, right? Well, and and the other thing too is is uh, people people might have noticed. Uh, that, uh, let me see here, because you've got here our new, the new layout uh, which we haven't really shown off very much yet, but uh, it is going to be uh, one of those things where everything has changed and uh, we may may play a game of spot the difference at some point maybe, I don't know, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> One of those things, because you can see behind me is, you know, we've, I've moved the desk and, and because of that, everything has moved. And because, right. you know, all of this now is everywhere back here. Uh And, and actually you can, st- you can finally see behind me the, the various different time zone clocks that we've got. So. Yeah, there are going to be little subtle changes. Some things they're same. Right. We just move things around. But yeah, there's there's new additions to the set. There's new there's new decorative things on the wall. So uh, very excited. And we might we might videotape a tour, and show you all of the stuff.
0: Now I have um, not done anything quite as elaborate as Jason has done, but I have reworked my own workspace here, and I have um, actually I sent Jason a photo. I don't know if he has. It's going to be good pull that up and drop it in it's probably we should have talked about that before the show started uh but the the primary change on my end has been sort of consolidating my external hard drives i have a bazillion of them um but i also have a place to put my 12th doctor and davros (laughs) toys that i got um and then over here I have my Cthulhu and my oh, Jason.
1: Where did you send me that photo anyway? I did see that. I did see that Captain Marvel glass the other day in that photo. Where did you send that to me? Did you send uh, me? That, I think in a text.
0: I texted it to you. Oh sure. Um, here. But here's the other thing, and, and this is a flashback. These are not genre related, but I was really when I when I moved, I came across these. Um, I was a book dealer for 15 years. Ten of those were working for Borders Books and Music. And they had these really nice coffee mugs, these art mugs. And I'm a Gustav Klimt fan. so, Um, And I'm drinking out of this Van Gogh one tonight. Um, And I used to have like six of them. And unfortunately, they have not traveled well since 1996, 97. Uh, So I only have two of them left, but um it was really nice to break these out and go, Oh yeah. So throwback <laughs> to the wonderful world of the book dealing days and a, a late lamented uh book chain that for a while was one of the I would say one of the best companies to work for. Yeah. I uh
1: I saw uh somebody had uh done Oh, some retro—you know the the Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back glasses mm-hmm. that Burger King had. Right. Yeah. Somebody had done an updated uh, retro version. So basically, had taken that that art that artwork. Mm-hmm. And I had right. updated it for like some uh, modern, uh, modern design. So it was it was rather interesting to see the it's it's the same stuff, but um, not quite. Right. It's it's a little yeah. Odd. No,
0: this actually is this actually is as old as we think it is. So, um, nineteen. Seventy-six. Ooh. My folks kept it around for a long time, and when I was down there, we—I came back with some nifty things, some of which are repairable. I found my—I found my two giant-sized Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back comics. Oh yeah, they're not in great condition. Uh, I read them a lot when I got them. And so just, you know, the fact that I loved them so much. Uh, But it's nice to have them, even so. And I brought back uh, several boxes of comics and unfortunately forgot to bring back, I think, two or three boxes of stuff. My dad texted me. He's like, you forgot some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But uh yeah, so it was kind of cool. I mean, it was all part of the process to clean out the infinite amount of things three sure. kids managed to generate over several decades.
1: Well, and we do have, I did, I did find that. So there's, there's Tim's space.
0: Now, Uh, what that doesn't show is over here on my left, my ex wife who does art, um, for my birthday, sent me three images that she had done that are just gorgeous. Uh, I'll, I'll get a picture for you guys, um, for the next episode. Um, but I finally got them framed and hung the way I wanted. so, um, I've got one of my paintings and and some really really nice art from from. You know, I'm friends with my ex-wife, so I was really really happy to get these, and they're, they're they're very nice work. So.
1: I'm not I'm not friends with my ex-wife.
0: It's okay. Just saying. We confused the judge when we got divorced. We shared the same lawyer. <laughs> They put it, and, and this is not an exaggeration, folks. They literally put us on the stand. They swore us in because the judge was like, is this a real thing? Are you guys trying to scam the court? Because they were not <laughs> used to two, two people showing up with everything neatly divided, sharing mm-hmm. a lawyer, and, and happy with each other. Yeah. We're like, no, we're, we're everything's cool. So... I got to get sworn in and put on the stand and and you know.
1: Had to tell the truth, did you?
0: I had to tell the truth. Yeah, you know, I I like my ex wife just fine. Or my my soon-to be ex wife just fine. We just don't want to be married anymore.
1: Oh yeah, good times. Not to each other anyway. Well, now, some of you may have noticed, if you're watching on video, if if you're listening, then it's not going to carry over very well, but I am drinking my coffee from the officials for me mug, uh, which many of you have seen before, uh, but I have news. Um, This is something that we have been trying to figure out and get... done um okay so a little background zazzle is where we were doing our mugs for a little bit and we ran into a problem with the salacious crumbs mug design because they said you can't have anything that's copyrighted material and we're like well we don't but okay so we decided we're not going to work with zazzle anymore and there's a local company here in town. I've been talking to them. We've been going back and forth and figuring out the design. How how deep the ink has to be pressed and all that stuff. And we finally got it. So we are very soon. Now we have to figure out the logistics and the, and the, the order process of it. But we are very soon, and I'm announcing this tonight. This is first anybody's heard. Uh, we will very soon be making available... The sci-fi for me mug for you to order. Now, it gets better because not only are we going to have the right-handed version, we'll also have the left-handed version. The devil, you say? I s- see. I thought that was rather clever. Right? I was like, okay, if you're right-handed, here you go. If you're it's left-handed, like here you ex- I know, right? If you're, if you wanna, if you wanna, you know double fist both hands then you can do that too so <laughs> so now we just have to figure out order order fulfillment on that because we're going to we're going to uh where did my headphones go we are going to do the ordering uh the fulfillment locally here so uh and it'll be they'll be made to order so as soon as you order it they'll make it they'll ship it we will be all set. We got to figure out pricing on it, but uh, yeah, we will have uh, very soon. Uh, Sci-fi for me mugs. We'll probably sell—I don't know—two, three, maybe two right hands and a left hand. I don't know. So anyway, so there is that. Um, I'll buy one. Well, I mean, you've got one, don't you? Uh,
0: I've got—I've uh, got this one.
1: Okay, yeah, that's the—that's the old one. Yeah. And we may we may bring that one back, too, as a retro design. Um, and then the other thing, too, that we're going to do is um, uh, and I need to talk to the guys about it is to do a a larger, you know, because I think this one's a nine ounce or an 11 ounce mug. And there's there's the right. next size up uh, that I think we will probably do something with that as well. So
0: I would definitely like one of those.
1: <laughs> the big ones. I drink a lot of coffee.
0: Yes, yeah, so we I drink both drink a lot do. of we coffee.
1: So, and then those will also probably be available as add-ons for the Indiegogo campaign that we're going to launch in March. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna take whatever opportunities that I can to mention that and get people ahead of time aware that we're going to do that. Because basically, uh, what we're going to do, and I had, where did. Mindy found the prototype. Oh. And, oh, what did I do with it? Mindy found a prototype, and now hey, I've put it somewhere. Anyway, so, uh, so, in. oh, hello. <coughs> You know, as much as I continuously, and I I mean continuously, just about every single time I turn the thing on.
0: (laughs) For the folks who are listening, Jason is very out of focus right now. And while you might argue this is an improvement, it's not how you want things to be for the video side No, no. Both of us look much, much better in in, uh, soft focus.
1: Well, where is it? Why is it not... uh... That's weird cuz I have it I have it now on
0: There we go. Oh, there you go.
1: Uh, technology, technology. I keep tell I keep turning the autofocus off. And every time we launch the software to broadcast, and the camera pops on, the autofocus is on. And I it doesn't stay off when I turn it off. And it's very frustrating, but anyway, okay. So, uh
0: don't feel bad. I have a one of my coworkers, we bought we bought her a new camera for her her laptop for work and the camera works fine but her laptop has decided that it just it's going to talk to it when it wants to and uh, of course in the world that we live in where where all of our meetings with our clients are virtual this is a problem.
1: <laughs> yes. So I I didn't lose it. Mindy's up in the chat saying I lost it again. No, I didn't lose it. I just said it somewhere, and I don't know where I put it. And um, I don't want to get up and look for it because I have a I have an idea where it is, but I would have to I would have to walk off set, you know. Mm, I'd have to mm -hmm. walk out of the camera range, and and do that. So hello, Thomas, uh, in the chat.
0: Well, we are we are discussing a few things. We can come back to this. We can give you the chance to do that because if you've caught the name of the title of this episode, <laughs> it might evoke something that we normally do on an, on a Saturday morning. And we took a break because of the holidays right. from our Good Morning Multiverse show where we talk about the news um, in the genre world. So we talk about science fiction and horror and fantasy when, across the various platforms, uh, whether it's books or comics or film or TV, but we took a couple of weeks off. Yes. And the world kept having news.
1: Yes. And before yeah. you get into that, let me address, because McKenna has been leaving comments over on our Facebook feed, um, and, and she says she does not have an official mug yet, so we're going to have to take care of that. And yes,
0: yeah, yeah, you better. Fix I that.
1: did think of everything. <laughs> and I, you know... <laughs> She says on the on the salacious crumbs mug, it wasn't just the the copyright that they ran into. I think part of it might have been I don't I don't know that the photograph of the host might have had anything to do with it. Um, I mean I, I I don't I don't know that it did. Um, it it might it might have. But, you know, because, you know, it's it's one of those things. Right. And, you know, there's the photograph that we used on the mug. And I don't know that anybody had a problem with it. So. I, I don't know. I mean, Zazzle said it was a copyright.
0: Yeah, because, t- it, is, it is, in fact, PG-13, as my McKenna points out. So that's that's <laughs> yeah. fair.
1: Well, and and I think what happened is because in the logo, uh, in this, in the Salacious Crumbs logo, in the in these versions of the logo, you notice we we do have the word Star Wars in there, and I had uh, put Star Wars as one of the tags, you know, because everybody does the metadata and whatnot. Right, and sure. that probably tripped an algorithm somewhere that says, oh, oh it's Star Wars. You don't own Star Wars. Star Wars is owned by Lucasfilm. You can't do anything with that."
0: Well, you know, so. fighting fighting the mouse's is legal team. Um yeah. it's not something a lot of companies are, are all that thrilled about doing. So <laughs> no.
1: no, and and I'm perfectly fine not fighting the mouse on any of that. So uh so we'll come up with something and we'll uh we'll we'll have a salacious crumbs mug as well. Yeah, you, oh you know what we could do? Is we could do uh we could do one of those those heat, those color change, you know, the changes with oh, the, sure. the uh, temperature. Yeah, no. mm-hmm. And you have the original logo for the show. And then when you put hot, hot liquid into it, it changes to the current, the new logo of the show. Maybe. Don't get cocky. Just saying. Just saying. All right. So yes. um, Good morning. Multiverse is our Saturday morning news program. And as we get through into 2021, one of the things that I'm going, to, that we're going to try to do is also include a regular interview segment as part of that. So it's more Good Morning Multiverse. There's another show out there that's kind of the same kind of thing that this resembles. Only it's you know focused on science fiction, fantasy, and horror. And Tim does the horror segment, and I do the regu- you know, the rest of the news stuff. And we have. Event news and we have weather forecast and all that stuff. So I figure we need to incorporate an interview segment as as regularly as possible. So we'll be doing that starting on Saturday. And uh, but yeah, uh, like Tim says, we've been out for a couple of weeks. There have been things what have happened. So uh, so Tim, I I'm assuming that you've got a list on your end you? of I some do. stuff. So why don't you go through the horror stuff? <clears throat>
0: While uh, while you and go I'll, try and find I'll the thing, find the thing.
1: Right. Yes. So, uh.
0: all right. So, I'm not going to go through the complete list of what I've got here because then it just becomes a long list of things. And if you want that long list of things, which I'm happy to do, join us on Saturday mornings, and we'll do this more the regular style. But there are a few things I did want to touch on. Um, if you are a fan of the uh, George Romero dead movies, one of the stars of Day of the Dead, Gary Clark, passed away about a week and a half ago he was 73 no cause of death listed but of course his friends and family miss him terribly as do the folks over at the george romero foundation and of course our sympathies to them and if you're if you've not checked out the original romero zombie films and you're a horror fan you definitely should even if you are tired of the modern zombie films it's nice to go back and check out to see where this stuff actually started and they are definitely a product of their time, but they have charm indeed of their own. On a more positive note, the folks over at the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs actually raised about $44,000 for cher- for uh, several different charities uh, prior to Christmas. Their December 11th <clears throat> uh, charity auction started up. Uh, and they raised, like I said, $44,000. They went to the Trevor Project, the National Women's Law Center, the Peaceful Valley Donkey Rescue, and the Organization for Autism Research. So always a fantastic thing when you can actually bring fans together to do something good. And of course, if you're a fan of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, it's a very fun show, Uh, but it's nice to see some good done in a time when the news is not always positive and uplifting, Positive and uplifting is nice to see, nice to hear. And of course, uh, some very valid, very valid causes there. An interesting piece of news that I am of mixed feelings about. It looks as though we're actually gonna get a new feature version of the Exorcist. I'm torn on this. It's coming from David, Gordon Green, of course, he is the guy who's responsible for the highly regarded and quite entertaining Halloween reboots, returns, sequels, however you want to call them. They are going to, he's going to do a sequel to The Exorcist. This is not, in fact, the first sequel. If you uh, have not seen Exorcist 2, directed by William Peter Blatty, I actually encourage you to see uh, Exorcist 2. No, I take that back. Exorcist 2 is the one you don't want to see. Exorcist 2 is terrible. It is a bad movie. It should be ashamed of itself. Exorcist 3, however, starring George C. Scott uh, is definitely worth checking out. Not to mention it's got one of the most disturbing single locked camera shots uh, out there in the world of horror. Uh, and George C. Scott has only made, a few, only made a few horror films and he's quite good as Detective Kinneman in that, and I definitely recommend it. Not to mention it has uh, Brad Dourif, and you cannot go wrong. However, this is not the first time, of course. There's actually been a TV show version of The Exorcist, which got some pretty good reviews at various points. But it looks like we're going into the whole, let's see what we can do with modern technology. And of course, for those of us who are old school horror fans and look, at the wonderful world of what you can accomplish with practical effects. The idea of CGIing the exorcist into the ground is a little bit of a concern, but that said, David Gordon Green, he did do a very nice job of making the Halloween films entertaining again, because if you're a fan of that franchise, you know that there were a lot of Halloween movies that are less than great some might be entertaining and you might have some fav- some you know some favorites but very few of them actually held up no i'll say that in my opinion none of them held up to the first two films <laughs> so the new the new films um certainly you know his pedigree in terms of what he's done with the new halloween films makes him a reasonable if you're going to do this thing <laughs> which i don't think you should do yeah at least go with someone like this. So at least there's that. Now, the fun part of course is, is that people have asked uh, William Friedkin, the director of the original Exorcist, if he is in any way involved. And I love this quote, and it's safe for air. (laughs) He tweeted, there's a rumor on IMDB that I'm involved with the new version of the Exorcist. This isn't a rumor, it's a flat out lie. (laughs) There is not enough money or motivation in the world to get me to do this. So I think we know what his opinion is. Now that doesn't mean that he's not saying don't do it. He's saying,
1: I don't have anything to do
0: with it and I don't want to. So that said, of course he made The Exorcist quite a while ago, Hmm. he went on to do other things. And for all that, you know, some filmmakers want to return to the worlds that they they created, and you get uh, Ridley Scott done it again and again. but some directors just don't. and that's perfectly and, acceptable. and, and fine.
1: Ridley Scott's gonna do it again. and because, again because you know, and with again. the alien the alien series coming out here from from FX, it, you know, it just to me, and we've talked about this a little bit, the the whole idea of the remake and the reboot, I think, has been ground into the ground at this point because it just everything, every little thing. Let's remake everything. Let's remake it all. And then we'll remake it again. I mean, how well, many times can we do Battlestar Galactica?
0: Um plenty, apparently. Well,
1: because we're getting two at the same time. Well yeah, well. It's not just that we've got to do one reboot after we did the reboot we're going to do two reboots cuz you got to do the movie
0: reboot and you got to do a TV reboot
1: and they're completely separate projects it's just it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous
0: oh yeah no i agree and i think that i think that what this actually turns out to be and this is early stages here so whether it's actually a reboot or a remake or a sequel quite frankly i'm not super excited about any of the three yeah Um, Although if I had to choose, if I were dangled over a pit of vipers, I would say, okay, if you have to do and do a sequel. Um, But I also don't think that we need one. Quite frankly, uh, interestingly enough, Exorcist on its own is just fine. And if you wanna sit there and look at a sequel, Exorcist 3 actually is a direct sequel to the original film and it tells a complete story. And I don't think we needed that one remade either. So we'll see what happens. But
1: One of these days, there is going to be a year. And I don't know what year it's going to be because it's not going to be 2021.
0: A year without a sequel? A A year without a reboot?
1: A year where everything is original. The year of the original story. And it'll be, I mean, that's that's Oh, you
0: sweet summer child. That's
1: a marketing gimmick if I ever heard one.
0: You sweet, sweet summer child. I know, I know.
1: <laughs> Robert in the chat says he's uh, waiting for the Star Wars story of the guy with the ice cream maker, how he got to Cloud City. Um, the running of Wil Wilro Hood, I think, is his name. Um, and
0: because of course he has a name.
1: Of course he has a name. He has an event. Uh, the the running of the hoods. Uh, I don't. We saw this. McKenna and I saw this at Star Wars Celebration. It's something that happens every every time there's a celebration. Mm. I don't know if they do it at D twenty three or not, but they've done it at, at Celebration. It is the running of the hoods, and everybody that is dressed as Wilro Hood in their orange jumpsuits and their seventies exploitation <laughs> mustaches and their ice cream makers all gathered together and I don't know, there's probably uh, the one we were at, I mean, there might have been maybe 75 or 100 of them, maybe, maybe more
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the running of the hoods is they are all together and running through the space, uh, up and down the escalators and through the halls and, and in the, the common areas and the it's quite the sight.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So. So uh,
0: a, a thing that got a lot of people excited, and then of course promptly made you think realize you couldn't get excited yet. There was, uh, of course, people ask the question, and the question gets asked a lot. Ron Perlman was asked if he would come back and do Hellboy three, mm. especially in light of the reboot. Of the Hellboy universe, not <laughs> doing well. Yeah, um,
1: but didn't Del Toro say he was done? He was not. That's he was not going to pursue thing it. Is
0: that Del Toro said he was done, yeah. and uh, he said that it's never going to be a third film. And part Which of that you? actually comes out of the fact that that the first Hellboy film did not actually do that great in theaters. It did extremely well on on DVD, and that made the studio go, "Aha, we can do a sequel." Mm-hmm. While the excitement level of the first film didn't quite, the second film wasn't a failure by any stretch of the imagination, but again, reminder folks, as much as we want it to be otherwise and not true, studios do the things that they do so they can make a profit. And yeah. if they don't see a profit in the third film, it's not going to happen. And that really is where we're sitting at with with the idea of a, of a Hellboy 3. I wish it was otherwise. I'd love to see him play the part again and I'd love to see Del Toro have a chance to do the visual, the very rich visuals and world building that he did, but it's not going to happen. I'd love it to happen.
1: With the big push, yeah, but with the big push to streaming services and everything now being the streaming thing is the thing. Mm
0: -hmm. I know, but it's, I mean, I don't.
1: Okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question. This is a thought that's just popping into my head. So it is a fully formed thought, but it is not a mature thought because it's only a couple of seconds old. Um, and by mature, I mean age, <laughs> not 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 anything else.
0: So what you're saying is it, it's the urge to drown the thought in the lake.
1: Well, you know. Okay, so back in the day, we how had, far back
0: uh, are we going? Well, <laughs>
1: we a, a ways back because okay. you had the you had the big the big movie in the theater. Sure. And then uh, Starship Troopers is a good example of this, where you have. The sequels that are the direct-to-DVD
0: sure, right. stuff, uh-huh. yeah.
1: right? What are the chances that streaming becomes the new direct-to-DVD for sequels? And Because now, you've, now you're starting to get TV spinoffs, you know, Alien mm-hmm. going to FX, which is not a streaming service, but it's part of that Disney wheelhouse. And you've got the the different TV shows in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that are going to augment what's going on in the movies and they're all going to be interconnected. Who's to say that they don't take that same strategy for the direct-to-DVD market that used to exist back when there were video stores Right. and take that model and modify it and say, okay, we'll do it for streaming
0: stuff? I think it's. I think it's very likely.
1: Well, it, um, uh, Disenchanted, the 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 sequel to you know they they announced that one Amy Adams was going to come back and play Princess. What's her name? Disney Princess mm-hmm. that ends yeah, up in right. real life New York. Right. There's mm-hmm. going to be a directed Disney Plus sequel, so maybe they are actually sure. already starting to do that.
0: I, I think they are, and I think th- I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I think that something like the Alien series or the Event Horizon uh, series we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's actually one of the other stories I have here, of course, is that with all the, oh, you know, the Snyder cut, however you feel about it, opened a door that I'm not sure we want it opened. Um, there's some benefits and some downsides, but of course, Event Horizon was one of those films where the cut that made it into the theaters was not what Paul W.S. Anderson had intended. And mm-hmm. however you feel about his movies, Of all of his films, horror fans really seem to agree overall that Event Horizon was probably the best thing he ever did. And it's a generally interesting and, and visually interesting fantastic cast. And the original cut was so disturbing that they chopped out like 30 minutes of the movie. I mean, it was really a pretty significant reduction of footage to get the version that actually ended up in theaters and that's the one that fan the a lot of horror fans really uh came to love not actually in the theater it's another example of a film that did not do great in theaters but got its fan base on video yeah however the problem is is that that footage that 30 plus minutes of footage that actually went bye-bye is gone all right it is not something that people can find the person who apparently owns it what what the only vhs copy of this original footage version of the film Mm. um is apparently not remotely interested in letting it go out into the world so in this time of oh the snyder cut or maybe the air cut or all these things people asked and paul w sanderson said well the only way to do it is to reshoot it to reshoot that footage and de-age the actors and
1: i don't know that you want to do that
0: oh i don't I, I don't either i think that this is one of those things where as much as i would love to see the original cut of this film just because you know it is actually i'm not a huge fan of paul w s anderson's movies okay. uh, the resident evil films are they have their moments where they are entertaining. But I, I the this is one of the few films that he's made that I actually do quite like. And I would love to see the original version of it, especially considering that it is a haunted house movie in space. It's got mm-hmm. some Lovecraftian, you know, things your man was not meant to know, and rips in reality, and and a little bit it's it's in many ways, it's Hellraiser in space. Sure. Um done properly as opposed to Hellraiser 4, which was also Hellraiser in space, but that's another <laughs> thing. Uh, but, I mean, so yeah, I'd be excited about seeing it. I'd love to see the original intent, but going back and and shooting new versions of this, I mean, yeah, getting Jolie Richardson and and Lawrence Fishburne and Jason Isaacs and the rest of the folks back together to do this film would be great. However, yeah. um, so I'm more excited about the TV series, the potential of leaning into... That and giving it a chance to to build the the horror up mm-hmm. and sense of dread because it's part some of the best parts of that film is the fact that they when they don't know what's going on right and this creeping sense of dread and the exploration and that sort of stuff yeah. it does that well.
1: McKenna's got a good point. She says, "Isn't it interesting as fans, we always want to see the original cut of everything?"
0: And <laughs> yeah, but here's well, the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. Jason and I have made movies. (laughs) And I will tell you that sometimes seeing the original cut is an absolute joy. Sometimes. And sometimes seeing the original cut, you sit there and go, Oh, right. That's why that scene isn't there. Yeah. Well, And and the other
1: thing too, is, you know, you've got, um, say, uh, Star Trek, the motion picture, for example, the original cut, which we saw in the theaters, mm-hmm. was not the finished film uh, right. because they didn't get to finish it when they had to release it December seventh, nineteen seventy nine.
0: Mm-hmm. It wasn't
1: finished. It wasn't done. I mean, there was never a sound mix. There was never a. Uh, there was never a uh, an effects. Uh, the effects weren't complete. Uh, there were whole sequences, and I, it's it's interesting. I've been read. I was reading. Uh, there's this whole series of books from Mark Cushman. They're called These Are the Voyages. Right. Yeah. And they are documenting. Uh, Cushman has done extensive research in, in both uh, interviews and going through the Roddenberry archives and and other places and and pulling out memos and letters and emails and this that and the other and documenting every single stage of production of the from the very beginning of Star Trek all the way through and this one mm-hmm. book he's got that focuses specifically on uh Star Trek the motion picture and it is dare I say fascinating to read the 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 amount of challenge let's say <clears throat> In getting this thing even made, Mm -hmm. much less finished, uh, because it's it reinforces. Now, there are a lot of people that look at Star Trek Discovery as an example of filmmakers and the production company not understanding what they're making. Um, There's a lot of criticism for Alex Kurtzman basically saying that he doesn't know what Star Trek is. And reading this book, it's very clear to me that at no time whatsoever ever in the history of ever did Paramount ever understand what they had with Star Trek. So this is not a new problem.
0: Well, and also remember, and I think there's something that is somebody who has can will argue that many, most of the criticisms of the first season of Discovery were warranted and that the show has gotten better. It's still not great, but Mm -hmm. it's gotten better. Um, And it's, I'm entertained by it. I don't, I don't love it, but I'm entertained. Um, The fact that we even got Star Trek to be Star Trek it was far from the only science fiction TV show and it only had three seasons. And the fact that it has had the life that it had, that it has the fan base that it has is kind of unusual when you consider the amount of television that has actually been generated over the years and the amount of genre television that has actually been generated. I am still waiting for the great time tunnel reboot. (laughs) Where's the, you know, I mean, that's, that's that's an example. Well, it, so it's the fact that we actually have gotten the quality of, of storytelling that we've gotten out of Star Trek at all, mm-hmm. as much as we've had, is really kind of amazing and wonderful. So, you know, the, the you're going to like some series, you're going to not like some series, you're going to like some movies, you're not going to like some movies. Quite frankly, if I never see Star Trek five again, I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> it's not a good movie. It's not. It's a great it's a, it's a it's a not it's not a bad TV episode. Now
1: I I would be interested in seeing if they ever did it, and I know they won't because you know budgets being what they are and interest and, and whatnot. I would the have liked cut of to that? see yeah, what Shatner had originally
0: planned. See so here's here's the problem I have with that. Is that you would have an improved effects, but one of the issues with that film is that it's shot like a TV episode. Well, yeah, which is, which was Shatner's experience. That's how he directed and that's fine. And in fact, there's a fan cut. I can't remember who did it, but there's a fan cut version out there where they took Star Trek five and they cut it into two TV episodes mm. with the TV music and the TV sound effects and framed it like a t- then four, three. Yeah. And it, it's still got problems because the story itself has some issues. Sure. But in terms of it being more enjoyable, it's much more enjoyable if you watch it as two Star Trek TV episodes. Hmm. Retro Star Trek TV episodes. And it works a lot better. And a lot of that, like I said, it just comes out of Shatner. His experience as a TV director right, is not the same thing as a film director. They, they, they're very different ways of looking at how you shoot things.
1: Sure. James Cawley, uh posted on Facebook uh, today, I think this morning. Uh, and he's, uh, he was the guy who played Kirk in Star Trek, new voyages, the mm-hmm. fan mm-hmm. fan series. And now he is running the official CBS set tour up right, at yeah. okay. Ticonderoga. He's, he's basically taken all of his Star Trek sets and turned it into an officially licensed by CBS, Mm -hmm. this is what the Star Trek sets looked like in 1964. He's got it built to scale. It's laid out the exact same way as it was. You know, you see the diagram, the blueprint from the Desilu Studios. He's got it laid out that way. Mm -hmm. And he's also now, he's got a second building next to the original, and now he's working on a next generation set. Mm, But he posted this morning that he was digging through some stuff, and he found a DVD of the first cut of an episode that never got finished of New Voyages called Origins. And so Ah. he's—apparently, this was an episode where certain people were involved that were out for themselves as opposed to the production of the actual show that they were working on. Mm. And he didn't name any names, but— uh, he said this was a very low point for him, and it was actually the the production that convinced him that he was done playing Kirk, that he wanted to start backing mm. away from the production because of all of the problems he ran into with this. And I was reading, I was watching just a little bit of it, and funnily enough, Alec Peters is in the cast. And I thought, aha! <laughs> I have a feeling I know what Kali's call, call talking about. Uh, so. Maybe. Anyway, maybe. I'm a total guess on my part. But, you know, Alec Peters, being Alec Peters.
0: You never know.
1: I can imagine.
0: Okay, okay, there uh, yeah. you go. Imagining is what you want to do. <laughs>
1: that's, and that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going yeah. to say anything out
0: loud. Safer to do that.
1: Speaking of Star Trek Picard Season 2, uh, we've, we've got some news. We're rolling through some of the news items from the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Star Trek Picard Season 2 filming begins in February. Uh, this was confirmed by Jerry Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody was asking her about uh, Picard still on track to begin production on season two in January, and she said pushed to February 1st, and she posted this on December thir- December 23rd, so they'll be shooting that beginning in February, uh, assuming that uh, things have not been... <sighs> pushback again because we did get some some news that a number of productions in la have been delayed again so uh it's just one of those things so and and mckenna makes a good point about star wars about the original cut fans would love to have the original cut uh out and and there are versions out there the original the original cut although even even as far back as 1977, 1978, George Lucas was tweaking it. I mean, he was doing these little adjustments right. and stuff, and the next version went out to the theaters. Um, I, I don't know that you're ever going to get... Because there's a DVD, and they're really hard to find. But there's DVD versions of the VHS that was out for a while. And right. all they are is they're just they're just DVD rips of the of the VHS <laughs> copies, mm-hmm. and those are the only digital video disc versions. I mean, you've got the laser discs of the originals, of the original cuts, um, which I suppose if you know if anybody was really feeling you know ambitious, they could stitch those together. Sure. Uh, but. When Disney bought 20th Century Fox, everybody thought, ooh, maybe because now Disney owns all of it because 20th Century Fox owns the distribution rights to the first three films. Mm -hmm. And that had always been one of the excuses that was handed out as to why we couldn't get, you know, the DVDs of the original cut because why we uh, can't have nice things. Uh, and the fact that well, the originals were destroyed when they did the restorations because they had to pull it all apart and put the new stuff in and you know the original cut doesn't exist anymore, except we know that's not the case. because um, you know it's just one of those things because i I suspect that there is at least one copy somewhere of the originals oh, and sure. we, there was Look, a, there if, was we a can, thing.
0: if there could be a copy of the of, of the original cut of, of event horizon on VHS <laughs> there's copies of the original cuts well of and I've Star got
1: I've there. got my you copies are. I've got my VHS copies of the original cuts I have the laser discs of the original cuts so I, there it's out there. And then uh, not too long ago, there was a screening of Star Wars out in L.A. Mm -hmm. Using the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences archive copy of Star Mm -hmm. Wars to screen. And I don't know that we ever pinned down and confirmed whether they screened the original cut Or the special edition. Because if the Academy has an archive copy of the film, one would expect they'd have the archive copy of the original film.
0: One more thing. So
1: it could very well be because my son and I went down to Hutchinson, Kansas uh, and, and visited the salt mines down there Mm -hmm. And down, 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 down in the salt mine. There's a there's a museum down there. And mm-hmm. way down there in that salt mine museum, there's one of Christopher Reeve's Superman costumes. There's a couple of other things, and on the shelves, there's a there's a there's a row of shelves, and on those shelves are film canisters. Yep. 35 millimeter film canisters. You know, Mm kind of like the same, like, you know, that photograph that Zack Snyder posted of the film canisters for Justice League. It says it's four hours long. Here it is. Mm -hmm. Those. Right. And one of them is Star Wars. And I have absolutely no idea, and I don't know how to go about finding out which Star Wars it is. But there is a copy of Star Wars in the museum, down in the vaults, under the salt mines, in Hutchinson, Kansas.
0: I think the best way to get the answer would probably involve a very charming fellow with a contract. (laughs) Um, And his name would be something like Nick or... lewis (laughs) lewis <laughs> cipher or yeah, something right. and there'd be a it, it it only be a thing you're not really using all that much i mean you don't you don't need it <laughs> right? do you do you do you need it do you, do you really no no. no 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 i mean
1: <laughs> i don't know i just sometimes sometimes for posterity it's nice to go back and look and 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 of course you've got the um uh, the the uh, the despecialized editions that are out there, mm-hmm. uh, the the digital copies that people have reconstructed on their own, right? Uh, for well, e- kind of like, educational purposes, um, and, kind of and like those we, are out you, there. But
0: you go and you see the if you look at the various cuts of of David Lynch's Dune mm-hmm. that have been released over the years. There's like four of them.
1: Well, how many it, how many cuts of Blade Runner are there?
0: Well, see, Blade Runner is an interesting case because that you actually had the same director going back to <laughs> and tinkering with his own story in a way yeah. that that hasn't upset fans in the same way that Lucas improving mm-hmm. in his mind, he's improving them. And, and it's, sure. you know, it's his creation and, and it's you don't often get the clash between creator and audience in the same way that you're getting it with these movies
1: or with you, everything now.
0: Well, yeah. And I I think that the question, you know, for, for all that it, yes, I would definitely argue that, you know, the creator, you know, but again, people are, people are, everyone's like, let Snyder finish his vision. Mm -hmm. Well, the flip side of that is Lucas and Lucas was finishing his vision.
1: I think there's a special case with Snyder though, because of the way it happened, because the way that whole thing fell apart with his daughter committing suicide. And oh, and, and there are people that, that wonder if maybe that was an excuse for Warner Brothers to use to get him out. I mean, th- there's all well, sorts of rampant speculation, but.
0: Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that my, my issue, and we, you and I have talked about this before yeah. is, is I have no problem with him getting right, you know, getting a chance to, to tell his finish telling his story. I just think there's this almost collective amnesia that seems to have popped up when people were like, I mean, you and I have have not been shy about the fact that we had real issues with the other movies mm. that he he made in in the DCAU, and and you know what, you know, uh, hey, I'm I, as as someone who likes to tell his own stories, um, or I remember doing it when I had time and a life, but um, you know, I, I completely get the. It's very cool that he gets to go back and do it, but um. I have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to end up with the same kind of reaction from, well, and I think some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it.
1: I think without the, without the family issues, without the family circumstances, if Warner brothers had just sat there and said, you know what? You're fired. That we wouldn't have have any of this stuff. I mean, it is certainly driven by sympathy, empathy, uh, more than anything else, plus the frustration that Josh, you know, because Josh Whedon has become persona non grata for various reasons, but a lot of people were not too thrilled with how he treated Black Widow in the Second mm-hmm. Avengers movie. And then the whole thing with his marriage falling apart and everything coming out about that. Everybody just kinda of went, ooh, he's he's icky now, and nobody wants to have anything to do with him. Of course Ray Fisher comes out and says what he says and all of those things. I think a lot of that was just kind of this perfect storm swirling around oh, yeah. and no, fans there's... just went, you know what? Let's have the Snyder cut. So,
0: well, I think the ultimate, the, the, the final arbiter there was Warner Brothers going, well, no, we had this HBO Max thing. Uh, that wasn't and, Warner Brothers.
1: Toby Emmerich, oh. Warner Brothers didn't want to do it. That was Jason gallar well, no, Killar. the
0: only the, the only reason it happened was because someone said they could, thought they could make money with it.
1: Jason gallar at AT and T said, "We need right. HBO the, Max to be a success. What right. have we so got?" It's a money thing. It's yeah. a, it,
0: but that's what that's what I mean. Is it comes down to a money thing? Yeah. And and hey, you know, great. Yeah. But I I don't I don't think it should be setting a precedent. Mm. I don't think so. Mm. I don't. I don't. Although. Because that's well, it's, it's, well, it's, it's okay. the reboot, so it's the reboot this, remake though. thing all over again, except it's a different kind yeah, of the same but thing. But consider
1: this you have the network broadcast versions of movies. I mean, Superman, sure. Superman 2, Star Trek 2. Whenever it hit ABC, it was longer. There were pieces that had been cut out that were put back in. Yeah, but so not, not you like have
0: significant, not like blown up multiple hour version longer. Well, no, but
1: Star Trek 2, you had the entire thread with Scotty and his nephew that had gotten cut out of the theatrical run that was all put back in uh, in addition to a couple of other things. I mean, yeah, there were smaller scenes. There were short little bits and pieces here and there. mm -hmm. But it's not a new thing for us to get a different version on no, but broadcast I, having, on TV at home video than we'd got in the theater. So maybe this is kind of the same kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you, know, you get. I, the, I I just don't want to. I don't think we need to go. Basically, we're going back and we're doing long reshoots to basically double the length of something or improve <laughs> it. I mean, because quite frankly, having watched the first three episodes of The Stand, um, as an editor.
1: Yeah, I'm hearing not good things. I would about chop
0: that. half of it out. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's <laughs> it's a very well acted show, yeah. and it looks very good, but it has got two major problems. One, it's 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 a non-linear storytelling which mm. works in some cases and in some cases it doesn't. It doesn't here, yeah. and it's slow as. It's slow, Jason. It's slow.
1: <laughs> well, see now, my only interest in watching it would be to see Katie McNamara because she's from here.
0: Uh, and the, the acting is the acting's really well done. I mean, it's it's and at this point, if you're three episodes in, I mean, you don't you're not a horror fan. You don't you wouldn't yeah be watching it as a horror fan. You'd be watching you'd be watching a drama.
1: Well, and I would take and that's every, good and bad. And I would take every opportunity to mention that Katie that that cats very first credit on imdb mm-hmm. is my film so exactly. you know
0: exactly. i have to i have but to no. mention
1: that um to hear yeah, more maybe. to hear more
0: brutal uh examinations of the stand yeah. uh watch for upcoming episodes of the podcast i do with dustin adair and curtis smith it's on apocalypse now because we're looking at it now you know you, you say use,
1: watch you guys aren't doing video now are you are you doing video uh,
0: no, no, no. We're wow. just all we all we we get together and watch these episodes to and movies together yeah. on Zoom, you and should, then we, you should start we doing
1: those as video.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, we think, find it, it's it look. It's bad about that You and I, you and I have bots. faces. You and I have faces for radio. It gets worse over on Zompocalypse Now. Yeah,
1: okay. but think of all the opportunities that you would have for blam bots and emojis every time Dustin opens his mouth. You could put all sorts of, you know, car horns and squeaks and, and you know, beeps and whistles and, you know... Giant mm, pumpkins mm-mm. and and swirly things and lollipops and whatever to to cover up whatever he says,
0: right? yeah, we're we're very sweary <laughs> over there, so
1: ah <laughs> uh, so anyway, ah uh, speaking of uh, money, um, mystery mystery sci-fi for me three thousand. I like that. We'll <laughs> add that to the list. Uh, of, we don't, we shows. don't
0: quite do that on that level, but you can definitely, uh, we could definitely get some, by now we could, we
1: could, we could. Mm. Well, it's funny. I, I have to, I have to say I got taken to task the other day for putting out in, in internally here, uh, the idea of, of a show <laughs> like, um, did we talk about that? Did, did, did I, I had some I had some pushback from other, not really pushback, but some some people in the staff had had you know when I'd sent out an email saying you know I'm thinking about maybe doing this and I had some people come back to me saying, did we talk about doing that or, or is that is that one of the, what when did we decide we're going to do that? <laughs> I was like, well, we haven't decided. I'm just thinking. So you know, it's I get that every now and again. I'll I'll start throwing ideas out. Right, mm-hmm. and you know, try to get try to get feedback from the staff. You know, hey, is this a good idea? Does everybody want to try this? And nine times out of ten, nobody ever responds. And I are like, well, I guess we're not doing that. So, uh, but one of the things uh, that uh, that we're talking that we've been talking about uh, is uh, something we're going to launch on in March. I don't know how many. I mean, we'll get to that in a minute. How many more news items do you want to go through?
0: That's kind of the stuff I want to touch on okay. on on now. We'll have a lot more, of course, on Saturday yep. where we'll dive into some of these more. I've got some comic book news and some more, um, some audiobook news and things like that. But we will definitely dive into more.
1: I have one other here that is kind of I don't know if this is genre or not. Some casting announcements for Sing Two, which is basically. Talking and singing pigs, animals, and stuff. So I don't know. Would that count? Maybe as fantasy animation I, I, type fantasy. thing?
0: So sure, it's geared to the younger audience, though, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I, I guess. Um, Nothing I wrong know. with that. So Bono, Letitia Wright, and Farrell Williams oh, are nice. going to be singing in Sing 2. And we've also got new characters voiced by Bobby Cannavale, Chelsea Peretti, Halsey, mm-hmm. Halsey, I guess is a is a young, up and coming musical performer. okay. Eric Andre. See, I don't know any. I know Bobby Cannavale. Mm-hmm. I don't know any of the rest of these people. Um, well, I'm the singers. Bono, I know from U two, and 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 Letitia Wright from from Black Panther, and then Farrell Farrell Williams is is he? Where is he from?
0: Because I'm happy. Da, 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 oh, okay. Da, 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 yeah, da. yeah. All right, all right. I recognize the name. I think it's but Sarah I'm, Williams. Yeah, someone, I think I'm sure. Her. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah.
1: So, uh, so that's that's new cast announcements for Sing Two. Followed uh, the first the first movie followed a group of animals in a singing competition. The sequel sees Buster Moon, a koala, voiced by Matthew McConaughey. And his cast of underdogs pushed their talent beyond local theater, with the hopes of performing the most prestigious venue in the entertainment world. So,
0: practice. They have ambitions. Practice. Exactly. Practice. Exactly.
1: <laughs> All right. So, uh, so I mentioned in March we've got a new project that we're thinking about doing. We are going to uh, put some pieces together, and. <clears throat> raise money via Indiegogo. We're going to make the attempt uh, to do a print edition of what we do here. So the various different reviews, interviews, essays, and that kind of thing. To do it as a print magazine very much in this in the vein of those back there. Starlog magazine, Fangoria, Cinefantastique, Film Facts, um, Gorezone, Comic Scene, all of those. And a long time ago, but I actually found this. I found the prototype, which was sitting right here on my desk. By the way, <laughs> under my calendar. But I looked, I looked, and looked, and I didn't see it. But here it is. Uh, uh, now this is not wait, wait. this is not what we're going to be doing because I I think we're going to actually do full A4 magazine size this time, mm. and and just go full out. But basically, it's. We're going, and it'll be original content. So, new articles, new interviews, uh, new new think pieces and essays, and we're going to try to do some original fiction in there. And with the Indiegogo, uh, with raising money for that, that will allow us to pay everyone. Uh, to do this kind of thing. And hopefully I did get the, uh, I mentioned it before. I did get the information on how to be a qualifying publisher for mm-hmm. the science fiction right. and Fantasy writers of America. So I figured, you know, if we're going to do this, why not? You know, have it, have it benefit the people that it gets, that get published by us. Right. So in March, we're going to make the attempt uh, and it'll be right now. I think we're we're talking about a sixty-page book, and uh, we'll need cover art, and we're going to do some interior stuff, and we'll do some uh, stuff like uh, like Starlog used to do. We'll have a, a crossword puzzle and a word find, and a cart, you know, a single-panel cartoon, and you know those kind of things, and maybe even do some some old-fashioned type ads, like you would 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 have found in those things. I, I, there was, there was a point where I thought for a minute, we should do it more like the old fanzines, mm. you know, print Cause I've got the, I, I've said before, I've got the formula for mimeograph ink. It would not right. be that hard to print this stuff in mimeograph ink, but on the off chance that we sell more than five, it probably would do better to just let the printer do it. And do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, and I actually was talking to uh, the guys that are doing our mugs. They are getting ready to put together uh, a fulfillment type of operation. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're getting ready to move and expand and and do some stuff and get more into the logistics and fulfillment side of things. So, well, we might be doing it uh, with the magazine as well as the mugs. Oh, okay. And whatever else, and then I've got this. You know, we're talking about different add-ons. I've got this this little pin from from Critical Blast Publishing. Uh, RJ was a guest on the sh- on Live from the Bunker here not too long ago, and he sent me one of these. And I thought, well, you know, that's not that's not an expensive thing to make. And then, of course, we've got our stickers. So there's various different things that we can do as add-ons and gimmies. So yeah, that's going to be March. But we're going to talk about it between now and March because I want people to understand that we're doing this and and get them signed up for the uh, uh, you know, the updates. And here's where we're going to go and and launch. We do also have a newsletter. Uh, we would like people to sign up for the newsletter. Uh, McKenna asked, "Does the original fiction include the Gungan Seahorse theory?" It could.
0: Maybe, <laughs> possibly. All yeah. right. Um, uh, okay. McKenna, the mad, the madness doesn't just limit itself to March. <laughs> the madness <laughs> isn't all year round.
1: Yeah. No. It's it's um. One one other thing. Um, uh, where was I? What was I? I don't know what I was going to say
0: folks getting old is is hard and sometimes you just have to get up and leave the room to come back in remember where you put your glasses and even though you're wearing them yeah um <laughs> i honestly i
1: i honestly don't know what i was going to do next are uh, there i i was going somewhere with that thread and oh 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 I know what it was I know what it was I wanted to, to ask the people that are watching um, we've got the new scroll across the bottom of the screen there if you see uh, I've, I've I've updated it just a little bit uh, the the top line there's now two lines if you see the top line is what you've well we've been. Uh, doing here to you know get people you know show the show the email address and all of our social media and that kind of thing. And then on on the bottom row, there is our our show schedule. so I'm um, it's an experiment, so i'm 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 wanting to get some feedback as to whether or not this is too much. Or if it if it's OK, if it works, if it's you know, visually, if it if it does OK here. So uh, a, a little feedback on that would be welcome. And of course, I do, I do want to get people signed up for our newsletter. And that link is in our show description uh, in the notes for all of the videos that we do. So uh, so we'd like uh, some more people to sign up for that. And I've got to push this pretty hard this year. Uh, we have a star account that is right now needing to be updated. Uh, but you can go over there and sign up to support us if you are so inclined to do that. There's a $5 level and there's a $10 level. And I need to update it to get, uh, to get some new information over there. So <sighs> lots of things going on. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to get busier and busier and busier busier
0: shocked shocked we are
1: i know right and this mm-hmm. week of course this this week's going to be real busy you guys are doing a tartar sauce this week yes
0: that's the plan we've got a the the new year's day episode of course came out which is the only doctor who i think we got in
1: mm-hmm. well no i think
0: we're still potentially going to get some in the fall i don't think we have a date yet uh for when the show's going to come back in the fall and i heard it, august it, yeah, it's looking like this is going to be the final season uh, for Jodie Whittaker, which would make her basically following the three-season model that we we pretty much had for a significant chunk of the actors playing the part. Right. Um, and now this, of course, has not been confirmed by anybody. This is all... It's the same piece of news reported at various British sites initially and then, of course, making it over to the U.S. Yeah. So we'll see what actually happens, but it's not a terribly big surprise. The three seasons, that's, that's the model... Um, but we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about uh, other things, I'm sure. But we're—it's uh, going to be a lot of fun to actually talk about a, you know, an episode we just watched. <laughs> we don't we don't get enough of that for. And there's so many shows like that, you know. Yeah. We deal with that anyway. But Doctor Who, of course, has definitely been impacted by um, scheduling stuff, anyway. So.
1: Well, and then on Saturday, you and Leslie have a new episode of Foreign Bodies. Uh, that I still have to edit, but that will be coming on Saturday at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. And we have, of course, uh, live from the bunker all through, through you know Monday through Thursday at noon central. And let's see what else. We've got uh, Salacious Crumbs tomorrow night. We have Saturday, uh, Friday night, a new Ranker Pit. And uh, we're going to have a guest Uh, As part of the show, we are going to have uh, Shauna Terpsik. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I need to check that. She is the costume designer for The Mandalorian. And she's going to be joining us Friday night. I'm still trying to get Gina Carano to come on. um, But I don't know that I'm handsome enough. So we'll see. That's all I got. (laughs)
0: there you go folks if you are not tuning in for our saturday morning show 10 a.m central time uh, is when we do our normal good morning multiverse Um, and as jason mentioned at the beginning it is the convention list and the weather report are you're not finding those anywhere else it's the most comprehensive convention list, and it is the only place, as far as I'm aware, nobody else has started doing it. Um, where you can actually get the weather, to yeah, where you're going to go.
1: No, and as far as I know, nobody else is doing it right. anywhere. And basically, what we do is, is Mindy, Mindy has this list, and this list. Uh, let me see if I can do this here. This list at SciFiForMe.com dot com is right now. 2,166 events. Now there's a Google calendar in here. It's color-coded even. So you have the 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 science fiction events, you have the horror events, and then you have the virtual science fiction and virtual horror, all of them having a, it, their own color code, and then an alphabetical list of all of the events that we know about worldwide. And there's almost 2200 different events and I need to find a widget to make that searchable oh, a sure, little bit right. more. Um, but as far as I know, like you said, this is the most comprehensive list because the, these events are all events that are still active and out there. Uh, pandemic notwithstanding, some of them have canceled their dates, you know, 2020, 2021. Right, some right. of the dates have been canceled and put off but we do have 2022 dates for a lot of them and a, a number of them are going virtual. So all of these events and Mindy is constantly going through the churn to make sure that we're current and that we're up to date, that we've got all of the right dates on it, that, you know, if there's, if there's a, a convention that's gone away, that doesn't happen anymore, that gets removed. She's, she's doing a very good job of keeping up to date on that. Um, I don't know what letter she's in, but she's going through alphabetically just to to update everything. I think I want to say she's in letter E, letter D or E, going through the list. And once she gets through the list, then she starts again, Start all over again, goes all over again Mm -hmm. because we we're constantly adding to this. Mm -hmm. So uh, so yeah, it's it's a it's a point of pride for us that this that we've got this thing and we're we're constantly adding to it. One of the things that I would like to see us do this year is get more fan run events, Mm. you know, because you've got the things like, you know, the read pop stuff and the creation and the, you know, the bigger corporate type of things. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we post updates and, and different things, but I would like to get the fan run conventions, the little ones that we just organize in the library and do on a weekend, you know, that kind of thing. Right, right. I want to get more of those, the stuff that's going on at the universities. I want to get more of those stuff in the libraries and, you know, the, the littler ones, the, I don't want to say sure. the littler ones, the smaller, the, 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 the more self-contained ones,
0: more, more intimate, the intimate and, and easier to uh, yeah. uh, connect with the people who are there.
1: It's yes. always nice, and and yes, McKenna, uh, Mrs. Boss uh, color codes and alphabetizes, but I I did it before she was here, so <clears throat> she's just she's just adding to it and improving upon it. So there is that. <sighs> okay, I guess we've done all the damage we can do tonight.
0: <laughs> we'll do it again. <laughs> we'll do it
1: again, and we will do it again in this. New space eventually, mm-hmm. once Tim decides that he's not contagious,
0: <laughs> hey, is uh, despite the fact, despite the fact the lines were extremely long, yeah. uh, the um, they're down to one, I, the, the hospital that I go to get the test at, um has more than one location in Kansas city and they were down to one. So the lines are very, very long, which I means I'm sure that that's one of the reasons I haven't got my test results back yet. Yeah, uh, I'm not concerned, but um, McKenna yeah. is fingers.
1: suggesting we do a virtual con.
0: You know, we could, we could, we could something to look at um, after we have published our physical <laughs> print magazine. Yes. Um, no, no McKenna, I'm not positive. Uh, well,
1: and and the other thing too, uh, I we do have, and hopefully this gets us a little bit more traffic. I have been trying to get on. I've been on various different other live streams, trying to do a little collaborative type thing, back and forth. Uh, but we're also running ads in uh, different titles over at Alterna Comics. Uh, they've got a few. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna run some ads over there too, and I'm gonna be looking at some other places that we can run some ads and and do some things. Uh, before we go uh, out, I do want to say that um, we are uh, keeping an eye out. Uh, our thoughts and our prayers are with the family of Tom Kane. He is uh, doing okay. He's not dead. I don't want to give anybody that, that impression. Like Tanya Roberts. Tanya Roberts is still alive, um, apparently. Uh, but Tom had a, a stroke back in November. And his daughter Sam finally posted an update because we had lost contact with him. Tom had done a number of different voice voice recordings and pieces for us over the years, and um, I had gotten a weird email because I had sent him I'd sent him a couple of notes because we were trying to get together for lunch. And I was trying, you know, when do you when do you want to go? When you know, it was next Friday okay? And then I get this weird email from his management. Saying, we're going to be handling all of the communication with Tom Kane. Okay, I mean, completely out of the blue. But it was toward the middle end of November. And nothing since then. And then Sam posted on his Facebook that he had had the stroke. And it has affected his speech center. So he is having to relearn how to speak how to spell, how to read, uh, and all of these different things. He's having to retrain his brain, and the neurologists say it, it's there is a possibility he may not ever do voice work again. But he's alive. Sammy says he's just as stubborn as ever. He's in good spirits, and the recovery is going. So uh, we we want to make sure... Uh, to, you know, and we have, we have let him know that there's anything we can do to help. And who knows, maybe we do, maybe we do a fundraiser at some point to, to help offset some of his medical costs because, you know, he's got a family of what, eight. So, yeah. So uh, I just wanted to give you guys an update. Uh, The last we heard he was doing well. Um, so hopefully that continues. So, (laughs) all right. I guess that's going to do it for us. I keep saying that, and then I think of something else. So I'm going to shut up now, and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be back next week and uh, do this all again. Right. Yes. All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. Good night.
0: Good night, guys. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.